Welcome to Our World Plainly Seen, insights and commentary on the world around us with Dr. Frank Kaufman. Good morning, I'm Frank Kaufman. I've put together a few thoughts on what I'm calling AI and the singularity, artificial intelligence and the singularity. AI seemed to burst into our lives suddenly. One day it seemed like it never existed at all. I wake up one morning and it seems to exist everywhere in countless forms, brands, promises. Just as quickly as the platform or or technology itself emerges, suddenly there seems to be a class of people who are as as immersed in it as I'm immersed in using my eyes to see instantly Uh, There's AI graduating from Wharton. There's AI producing uh, robots that package and deliver. And it's just uh, all of a sudden the world is there on us, seemingly without warning. There's the chatbot itself, the people, this, this brand of people that suddenly are just in it completely, the companies, And just as immediately, there's a billowing industry of experts, programs, seminars, teachers and trainers, how to get the most out of it, how they got there, where they came from, what they've been doing the day prior is all a mystery to me. But that's the world we find ourselves in now. In classic fashion, consumers simply dive blindly into it with delight, Anything and everything for the sake of convenience, shortcuts, and entertainment. Uh, This has been our experience, perhaps prior, but certainly since the advent of the internet world, the iPhone or the uh, uh, mobile phone world, um, people without reflection just add more, add more, go deeper, go deeper, and don't really see or pause for a moment to see what are the potential harms or difficulties or addictions or social dysfunction that can arise out of the blind and, and non-reflective immersion, profound, deep immersion into all of these things. And the very same thing is happening with AI with the implications to become far worse uh, due to the speed and power of this phenomenon. The social and psychological devastation wrought by much less powerful platforms and apps continue to eviscerate the mental health of children, young people, families, and the society in lar- at large. And, and yet with the same recklessness and thoughtlessness, the consumerist madness of the phone-addicted universe dives even more rapidly into the flames of AI, utterly ignoring dire warnings about the singularity from the brilliant technical minds that exist on Earth, the most brilliant. A most particular brew swarms around us as AI explodes into every part of human life, complete with total threats of danger and with the scintillating attraction of an available function that changes and provides greater ease for every single thing we do. The vast majority of us have no idea what we're dealing with. We don't know how it works. We only see the mind-stunning outcomes of the technology. In our ignorance, we equally struggle to see the full extent of its promise and, more frighteningly, the full extent of its danger. Simply, we cannot learn or understand fast enough to intuit 
how truly dangerous chat and AI are. We hear it, we read it, it hasn't impacted us so far as I'm able to sense. While we are not equipped sufficiently to command the details, we should be able to make a leap to recognize the danger when a founding developer, Elon Musk, desperately urged a moratorium on development of AI, begging for even a few months to pause and consider what's, what is being developed. More than a thousand tech leaders, a thousand tech leaders, researchers, and others signed an open letter together with Musk urging a moratorium on the development of the most powerful artificial intelligence systems, citing in the letter profound risks to society and humanity. Further, uh, further quote, AI developers are locked in what's quoted as an out-of-control race to develop and deploy ever more powerful digital minds that no one, not even their creators, can understand, predict, or reliably control. According to the letter, this is according to the letter which was published by the not-profit Future of Life Institute. Sam Altman, who is in a way, the, the, the mad scientist who just released it on the world and has kind of become a zillionaire overnight. We're familiar with them. They live among us now. Open AI President Sam Altman, the person at the epicenter of AI development himself, was joined by hundreds of prominent tech geniuses adding their names to his statement, urging global attention on the what he calls the existential AI risk. The statement, which is being hosted on the, on the website called the Center for AI Safety, equates AI risk with existential, listen to this, existential harms posed by nuclear apocalypse and calls for policymakers to focus their attention on mitigating what they claim is doomsday extinction level AI risk. In other words, the, the people, probably the few only people who understand anything about what it is, how it works, how it's developed, and what its potential is, the very, those very people are issuing letters with, with apocalyptic language, with language expressing danger that could not possibly be more extreme in their, in their description. Doomsday extinction level. AI risk. Are the bona fides of these people behind these warnings adequate? Is the language clear enough? Is there something confusing or mild in how these dangers are being described? Mo Godat, previously chief business officer at Google X. Google X is kind of the secret thing that, that's researched the most far-reaching, most science fiction, the most, like, not, not like, how Google can make an extra buck, but just it's 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 kind of most fantastic horizon. He was the chief Mo Gada was the chief business officer at Google X, and in his interview and several interviews, he describes the current state this minute as beyond an emergency. He says it's the biggest thing we need to do today. It is the most existential debate and challenge humanity will ever face. These people can't get more superlative in, in what 
in the language they're stringing together. These are the geniuses. These are the people who created the application and the, and the technology. So, here, let me see. Mo Godot says, it's the most existential, existential debate and challenge humanity will ever face. There is a point, he says, there is a point of no return and we're getting closer and closer to it. A point of no return and we're getting closer and closer to it. And it's right there on your phone. It's probably on your phone. Here, I come to the point in the, in the, point in the podcast surely the la- the vast majority of people listening can only feel if i were to believe every warning wholeheartedly and with equal urgency as these geniuses what could someone like myself possibly do if everything i just read or said and quoted and cited musk altman godot were as true and true could be those of us listening would say, even if every single word were true, if we were about to fall off the cliff tomorrow, I may have that app in my phone. I may have asked it to write a funny story about my Aunt Maggie. But apart from that, what could someone like myself possibly do? If even the most knowledgeable people alive are struggling by the hundreds and even calling for a halt to development, what could someone like myself or any of us listening uh, do? Uh, what I'm saying that there is something we can do, and that's why I'm making this podcast. I'm not saying that we that this will then succeed to halt the out of, the out of control juggernaut of human self extinction. I'm not saying I'm not saying that there is never a reality, regardless of how seemingly distant or beyond reach, that outpaces my personal power to act in response. There may, there, I'm just saying there is a way for every single one of us to be involved, to be a part of responding to responsibly this situation which is described apocalyptically by its creators. I'm recommending this. Stop everything. Pick some time of the day or night. Stop absolutely everything. Remove yourself from every possible distraction so that you are in a place to introspect as profoundly and as deeply as you ever have. Put the phone away, turn the TV off, remove the remotes, turn off the phone, uh, get away from people. Find a time, some time, in which all you do is take a personal inner look and self-inventory as to what, in fact, I am. So let's take a look, let's take a look at, at the facts first, or the context in which I'm asking us to, to do this little exercise, this little introspection exercise. Here are the facts. AI can acquire, organize, and represent information thousands of times faster than the smartest human being alive. AI can write thousands of times faster, more accurately, more flawlessly, and more succinctly than the best writer alive. AI can draw, paint, produce music, 
graduate universities, file law, law uh, legal briefs thousands of times more quickly than the best of any human being on earth. Coupled with robotics, AI is exponentially faster and stronger physically than us. If we continue down this list, we will eventually will become hard-pressed to find a single capacity in which AI is not superior to us as human beings. For, just for the sake of this exercise, let us embrace this as a fact and reality. Don't argue inside of ourselves for a second. Just say that that's the case. I believe it likely is. This is what this is what scares the geniuses writing these letters with hundreds of signatories. We have created entities that are superior to us in every identifiable capacity, and they are being developed without reflection and being used and engaged without human reflection. If any of you who are listening to this podcast happen to be human, this is the question I, I want to ask next. With steps one and two, A, AI is likely superior in every identifiable capacity that I can identify. Step two, of the two entities, AI and myself as a human being, of the two, I am the weak, dumb, slow one of the two. Okay. Since, since we are the weak, dumb, slow one, and the AI is the strong, smart, powerful, fast, superior one, Here's the question I want to ask next. Would you therefore rather be AI? That's a point of self-reflection. It's a serious question. Would you therefore rather be AI? You've, you have a list of capacities. You are inferior in every single possible one you can identify. And you have the opportunity to... to Abandon this inferior status and, and become, have the identity as AI. Would, would, would any of us choose to be AI instead? Curiously, given the seeming obvious benefits of making the choice to change, I think almost everyone says no. Almost every human being says, no, I would not like to be AI. I would rather be me. I would, I would rather remain human. I think that's a healthy response. So the next, steps, next step moves us toward how can we be involved in thwarting the genuine dangers the geniuses are warning us about. I'm not saying we'll necessarily win, but I'm saying we can be actively involved. And just that alone makes life worth, worth you know, it's more, it's more enjoyable that, that we can be involved and do this work and, and face this issue. So I've chosen to remain as human. Why? Why, did, why is that my preference? Why did I choose human given an option to be superior in every imaginable way? 
the thing we need to the thing we need to look at if we've answered in that way is what do I think would have been lost if I gave up my humanity for being faster, stronger, smarter? Exactly why did I choose to be human of the two options? Not vaguely, precisely. I'm not going to make this list for you. This is your list. That's why I've put it in the context of a quiet time of introspection. If you choose human, why? And exactly why? What is the list? What is your very own list? Why did you choose to be you? Why did you choose to be human instead of something smarter, stronger, faster? There's something, something that you imagine in your capacity that would be lost opting for the AI identity. Maybe, maybe you choose to be you because AI will never miss its mom. It will never miss its mom. It, it will never know what it's like to miss my mom. To finally get there after some time away and know that, know that all of life is meaningful in that moment. Maybe I chose to be me because I can rest my head on the shoulder of my beloved after a hard day, by a spring, in the spring by a brook, and that somehow just resting my head on her shoulder makes my troubles go away. I never want to be something that cannot know that infinite mystery. How does that happen? How does the mere physicality of leaning back, leaning against the tree trunk, resting my head on my beloved's shoulder, listening to the brook on a spring day, how, how does that make my troubles go away? How does that happen? Maybe I prefer to be human because... I don't want to lose that experience, even though I have no idea how it happens. I love it. Maybe I choose to be me because of the way my heart leaps when I finally manage to do something that seemed impossible. I tried and tried, I failed, I collapsed, I cried, I banged my head against the wall, I couldn't do it, I all but gave up. But today I got it. I got it. That feeling, that feeling. Maybe, maybe I don't want to lose that feeling. Maybe these are some of the reasons why I prefer to be human. I don't know what yours are. All I know is that while we're being presented with something that seems too far away from us, it's not too far away from us. It's, it's pressing that each and every human being takes deep stock of, of what is irreplaceable, what is uniquely human. Not opposing thumbs, not burying the dead like they found out some buffalo buried the dead. What is it? And once we make my own exact list, once I make my list, then that's the things I'm going to invest in every day, 
all day with all my heart. If it's love, if it's my mom, if it's my kid, if it's my lover, then I'm going to love, love, love. I'm going to find a way to do it better, be better at it, because it's something that AI can't get better at that than me. If it's to feel thankful, I'm going to invest in that and improve that and strengthen that. I am, as a representative of all humans, going to add to, perfect, strengthen, make insuperable, make invulnerable those things that I've identified that uniquely I can do and AI can never do. If it's to revel in that I persevered long enough to get something I thought I couldn't do, and I did it, I'm going to keep doing those things. I'm going to get better at these things. We're, let, let each of us become the best at these things. I believe that doing this is joining the fight, is taking a stand, is being a signatory on those warning letters but not just, for, not just fretting and wringing our hands, but actually doing something about it. Staying, staying uniquely what can never be reproduced, never be overcome, never be uh, overturned or conquered. Those are the things which are our daily responsibility as the geniuses warn us that not not decades, but days and months are ticking. Join, let's join the fight in the most, in the sweetest way we know how. Thank you very much. I'll talk to you again soon.